This podcast is presented to you by Passion Church and their campus in Alexander City, Alabama. For more information, visit www.mypassion.church. So tonight we're going to talk about open your gift of life. Your gift of life. Now, your belief and faith in Jesus' sacrifice already gives us the right to be redeemed from the curse. So get that down in you, okay? Now, what do they say here in the South? Get it in your crawl. Get it way down in there. You've been redeemed from the curse. So don't let the enemy say, well, you just got to accept that. No, if it ain't in the blessing column, it don't belong to you. We've been redeemed from the curse. But guess what? If you don't have that revelation, you can't walk in the authority. See, remember, the enemy keeps us in ignorance. He keeps us in just only knowing just enough. That's why he don't want you to come to church. That's why he don't want you to get in the word. Because if you know everything that God has, then you're going to be walking in the authority that God's given us. So when the curse or when the enemy tries to come at you with a lie, you'll know you got the authority and you'll say, "Uh uh-uh, not here. No, uh uh-uh, that ain't mine. No, I don't receive that. But if you don't know it, you won't walk in your authority. See, you'll still every once in a while, the curse will come along disguised just a little bit, and you'll think, well, probably just got to be that way. It's the way it's always been. No, you've been redeemed from the curse. To have authority. Jesus is ready to give us what? An abundant life. We're going to recap in John 10 and 11. Okay? He came to give us an abundant life, but here's the key. I heard this so strong today. He said, ask him this. Are you ready to receive the abundant life? Do you see yourself in the abundant life? Can we see ourselves walking in this abundant life? Look in John 10. It says, the thief comes only in order to steal, kill, and destroy. Don't get God and the thief confused. But I came that they may have life and enjoy life and have it in abundance. He didn't say barely get by, just barely squeaking by, just barely surviving. No, to have it in abundance to the full till it overflows. Well, I don't know about you, but overflow means too much. That means more than enough for you and more than enough to go give it away. He came so it would overflow. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his own life for the sheep. Let's look over at Romans 8, 37. Yet amid all these things, we are more than conquerors and gain surpassing victory through him who loved us. Oh, I don't know about you, but man, I'm telling you, think about that. We're conquerors. That means you're victorious. You've been given authority to put him under your feet and everything that doesn't belong to you, sickness, disease, poverty, lack, unforgiveness, okay? 
so that we have a surpassing victory through him who loved us. Now listen, it is time that we go from believing to perceiving yourself in the picture. See, it's not enough anymore for you to look at the little white house with the little picket fence and the perfect little family and everybody's wonderful and everybody's healed and prosperous and whole and you go, oh, that's so wonderful. Why don't you see you in that picture? When you read the word of God and he said they're healed and they've been made whole and I want you to walk in victory and have an abundant life, do we see us in there? See, it's time to go from believing to perceiving and to see yourself as Jesus sees you. We got to see like Jesus sees us. Because let me tell you, without believing though God's love and all that he has for us, you can't exercise your authority. If you don't have a revelation that God loves me and God has said this for me, for me, and it's yes and amen, you won't, have, you won't exercise your authority. Amen. We'll just walk along to get along. We'll just keep on doing the same thing, just barely surviving instead of thriving. Because we don't have a picture and a revelation of how much. We don't really believe God loves us that much. Oh, I know God loves me, but I don't believe he loves me that much. Or I would see myself in the word. I would see myself in everything that God has said is for me. Because when you do, then you'll walk in the God-given authority that God has given us. That he already paid a price for us. It's time to step over the line of trying to believe and seeing everybody else in the picture to perceiving, to seeing you in the picture, to actually seeing you as Jesus sees you, to actually seeing you in the Word of God, actually seeing you in God's picture, looking in the mirror of God's Word and really seeing us that God said, I want you healed. I want you whole. I want you walking in prosperity. I want you to be walking in my love. I want you to have peace and joy. I want you to have a blessed marriage. I want you to live long. I want you to thrive in this life. I want your light to shine bright. I want you to be such a magnet that people are just sucked to you. Drawn. God said, but I need you to see you in that picture. Read his word. Read it. Read it. Think about it. Listen, listen, listen to it. Practice it. Get up and get in God's house. Get up to his table and eat what daddy's serving. Serving a good meal, a blessed meal. Get up here and get all you can get. Eat all of it. Then don't just keep it for yourself. Go share. Give it away. But begin to see through the eyes of Jesus. Begin to see yourself in the word as reality. No more a fantasy, a hoping. Well, maybe someday I can put myself in that picture. No, God said, put yourself in that picture now. Put yourself in that word that says, I came to give you a life abundantly. 
overflowing. See your life overflowing in every area. Put yourself in that picture. Put yourself in that scripture. In John 10.10, 10, he said, I've come that you might have life. Say, say I, Sandra, whatever, whoever you are, say, I see me. Walking in abundance. Walking in the overflow. In every area of my life. In Jesus' name. Now, until the reality of your royalty in Christ and the reality of his love gets in here, then you're just going to just barely get by. You won't be able to walk in the overflow that God has till you get a reality. This thing needs to sink in. How many of you, when you were a kid, okay, you remembered your parent? Might have said it in different ways, but you do something, they try to take, you know. How many times have I told, when is it going to sink in? When are you going to get it? Okay? God's saying, when are you going to get it? I love you so much. I want you to see yourself in my word. I want you to see yourself in the overflow of this life that I've given you. When is it going to hit you? When is it going to become reality and not a fantasy? God said, when is it going to sink in? The blessing of God. Well, well, I got to go back up here a minute. Sorry. Through Adam's disobedience, Jesus Christ has freed us from that curse. I'm telling you, the, us as believers, if we're not careful, see, we're still walking in certain areas of our life, and somehow that curse just keeps on hanging on like a tick, okay? just attaches it itself, you know? Well, get a match, do whatever you got to do, but burn that thing out once and for all. You got to burn this thing at the root. Go over to Galatians 3, 13 and 14. Christ purchased our freedom and redeemed us from the curse of the law and its condemnation by becoming a curse for us. For it is written, Curse is everyone who hangs crucified on a tree, the cross, in order that in Christ Jesus the blessing of all Abraham might also come to the Gentiles so that we would all receive the realization of the promises of the Holy Spirit through faith. Now listen, the blessing of God and the curse both hinge on the obedience to God's word, the obedience to God's commandments, okay? Both the curse and the blessing hinge on our obedience. You and me, okay? He made us a free will agent. You get to choose, I get to choose. I can't choose for you and you can't choose for me. But now listen, we talked a little bit about this last Wednesday, but apparently God wanted us to get it, okay? So now listen, the Old Testament reads as though God put the curse and the destruction on the people. But now according to many biblical scholars, and there was one... Uh, there was a reference that, that I found, Dr. Robert Young. Listen, the verbs used for put on, brought, and smite in Hebrew, remember, I talked about this last Wednesday, are in the permissive sense, okay? They're not in the causative sense in Deuteronomy 28. The curse and the destruction 
were permitted by God only because of man's choice to disobey his commandments. When we walk in something and we get the curse all of a sudden, it seems like, on our lives, or we get in trouble, it ain't because God said, oh, I'm just going to throw this on him. No, we opened up the door to the enemy in our life because of our disobedience. That was not God's best. That wasn't his desire. So curse and destruction come in our lives because we either make bad choices, poor choices, or wrong choices. But we get to choose. You choose. I choose. But thank God we have a loving and a forgiving God. So just as quick as you can get in it, you better hurry up and say, God, forgive me, and now get out. But now listen. Remember, there are sometimes, there's some choices, they can't just go away overnight. Okay, there's some things that we do, or maybe we abused our body, or, you know, you got pregnant out of wedlock, whatever. Now, look, God is still a loving God, but then it don't, it's not like that just never happened. Now, sometimes our body might have to recoup from abusing it, okay? Whether we never ate right, or drugs, or alcohol, or smoking, or whatever, and yes, God delivers, but now we got to believe God for the restoring power, the restoration. So then don't get mad at God. Well, now, God, now i got to deal with all this, or I have to deal with them now for the rest of my life, because da-da-da-da-da. It's like, well, God said, but you made the choice, but get over here back on the right track, and I can bless you through this thing now. Okay? It doesn't have to be like you're still in the curse. I can give you love and forgiveness, and we can heal your body, and we can, I can restore what the enemy's stolen from you physically, spiritually, financially. There's a restoring, a supernatural of God's love and power that comes on our life, okay? But just remember, sometimes I think we forget there's a process. You got into something, and sometimes you can't just, you know, get out of it overnight. There's a process. But with God, you'll walk to victory, Amen? You'll walk to victory because we serve a loving, loving God. Now, Jesus lived a perfect life before God, but he took the curse as if he had sinned and as if he had broken every commandment. That is so loved. That is love. And God wants you and me free from the oppression of the curse once and for all, to walk in the fullness that God has. The security of the one who trusts in the Lord. And a great example of this is in Psalms 91. Now, I can't read all of this. I'm going to pick a few and then I'm going to have to skip over. But for your homework, read Psalms 91. I say the security, see, that's, that's who trusts in God. You've got God. God says, I got you. I got your back. I want to bless you. In the beginning, it says, He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will remain secure and rest in the shadow of the Almighty, whose power no enemy can withstand. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust, with great confidence on whom I rely. I'm going to skip over to 14. It says, Because he set his love on me, therefore I will save him. I will set him securely on high, because he knows my name. He confidently trusts and relies on me, knowing I will never abandon him, no, never. He will call upon me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will rescue him and honor him with long life. 
I will satisfy him and I will let him see my salvation. Amen. Amen. Let's look in Isaiah 35, 3 through 6 in the Amplified. We got anybody putting scriptures up? Hello? Okay. <clears throat> Encourage the exhausted and make staggering knees firm. Say to those with an anxious and panic-stricken heart, Be strong, fear not. Indeed, your God will come with vengeance. For the ungodly, the retribution of God will come, but he will save you. Then the eyes of the blind will be opened and the ears of the deaf will be unstopped. Then the lame will leap like a deer and the tongue of the mute will shout for joy. For waters will break forth in the wilderness and streams in the desert. You and I have got to get to a place where we begin to read the promises of God and see yourself in it. We got to begin to read and believe and see you in God's word. See yourself in the picture. No more a hoping and a wishing and someday down the road or you see everybody else apparently has been in the picture. Put yourself in the picture. If you got to draw yourself a physical picture, draw it. So whatever it is, okay? If it's a better house, a bigger house, a car, a job, a happy marriage and put some hearts around you and your husband or, or your children... If your body hurts in one area, you put, draw your body and wherever the, you've been uh, being attacked, you say, whole, 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 made well, whole. Begin to draw, get a picture of what God says and see yourself in it. Read and believe the promises. Read and believe that God's love, of all of the promises of God's love and all of his benefits he didn't say he's just going to give you a few. He said, oh, but we got to see ourselves walking in these benefits. Because everything in there is yes and amen. Do you know God will tell you how to eat? He'll tell you how you can be delivered, how you can be set free, how, what to say, how to say it, what to, you know, how you can really believe him. What's going to bring you life? What's going to bring you wholeness? What's going to bring you joy and peace? Everything is in there that you'll ever need for life. How you can have a happy marriage. How your kids can, and can serve the Lord to a thousand generations. Amen. Your children and your children's children. Amen. Genesis 6 and 3. Then the Lord said, My spirit shall not strive and remain with man forever because he indeed is flesh, sinful, corrupt, given over to sensual appetites. Nevertheless, his day shall yet be 120 years. Why? Because he's so loved. He wants us to walk in a satisfied life, not just to get by life or a wishing and a washing, but when you're ready, okay? If you don't want to go to 120, that's your choice. Once again, that's your choice. You know, if you decide at 60, 80, or 90, if you say, well, that's it, I'm done, I don't want to live no more, well, then you can go on. That's your choice, Okay? But God's saying, I'd like you to live a long life. And while you're living that life, I'd like you to be satisfied. I'd like you to be fruitful till the day you go home. Giving glory to God. Doing the happy dance. Walking and enjoying peace. Leading people to the Lord. That's God's desire. Why? Because he's so loved. Galatians 3 and 29. And if you belong to Christ, if you are in him, then you are Abraham's descendants and spiritual heirs according to God's promises. Why? Because you're so loved. Heirs. 
He didn't just say, I'm going to throw you the crumbs. Heirs mean, honey, you get it all. Every, whatever's his is ours. Okay? So that's why it's another thing important why we need to put our money with God's money. Because, see, don't expect something if you ain't been investing nothing. Okay? If you go down here to the bank and you never make any deposits, guess what? You're going to be surprised when you walk in and try to make a withdrawal. Or you put your ATM card in the machine and it says rejected. And they're gonna, you're going to go in and say, well, what's the matter? I have a card. Uh, yeah, but when do you have the last time you put anything in? No deposit, no withdrawal. Amen? So get your money mixed up with God's money because he pays the best interest. His dividends and returns, I'm telling you, far succeed anything any bank can give, any retirement, any investment company. Acts 10 and 38. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth and with the Holy Spirit and with great power, and he went around doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil because God was with them. And guess what? Then he said, now you go do greater things. We're supposed to be out here doing greater than what he did. Why? Because he so loved us, and he wants them to know how much. He loves them. So go do greater. Corinthians 5 and 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ that is grafted in, joined to him by faith in him as Savior, he is a new creature, reborn and renewed by the Holy Spirit. The old things, the previous moral spiritual condition has passed away. Behold, new things have come because spiritual awakenings brings a new life. We need to walk around like we got some new life. Quit worrying about the old and everything that has been. Let's get up in this new thing, the better thing, the God thing. See yourself in this new thing. Get some new life. Get the revelation. See yourself in that scripture. I'm a new creation. All that was is gone. God said, what it is now, what I want to do in you and through you and where you are is not where you're staying. God said, I got to take you somewhere more and better because there's more for you to take along with you. Proverbs 3 and 16. Long life is in her right hand and in her left hand are riches and honor. Why? Because he's so loved. He's so loved. Let me tell you about this so loved. It will not let you go. It doesn't want to let you go. It can't let you go. God's love is a love that cannot be explained by the human mind. It cannot be explained by any doctor. It cannot be explained by any book except for the word of God. But do you know why a lot of times we don't know about this love and how deep and how wide it is? Because we haven't gotten in his word. And we haven't seen ourselves. We don't picture ourselves in it. We see ourselves around it and maybe over here just a little bit. But God said, get up in all of this, all of my benefits. See yourself in every benefit that I have for you. Because this so loved, God said, I can't. I can't let you go. It's time to stop telling yourself that you've lost importance. Maybe in some areas or in one area of your life, you say, well, I used to be able to do that, but I can't no more. I used to be able to do that, I can't. You feel like you've lost in porn. Stop it. 
Stop saying, well, I'm not good enough, or I can't do that, or I'll never be able to do that, or I can't see myself. Stop it. Stop telling yourself, well, I'm not smart enough. I'm not educated enough. I'm not tough enough. I'm not pretty enough. Stop it. Do you ever feel like sometimes you just say, well, I just don't have what it takes anymore. I just don't have. I don't have enough to offer. I don't have enough to give it away. Or I don't feel like I'm deserved or loved. Or how could God ever use me? Stop it. Because the so loved God says, no, I've called you. Because he so loved you and he so loved me that he says, yes, yes, you're loved. And yes, you're worthy. And yes, you're respected. And yes, you're good enough. And yes, you're smart enough. And yes, you're pretty enough. And yes, you're worthy enough. All you got to do is just get up in this thing with him and go after it. Let me just tell you real quick, I'd like you to meet somebody that kind of had those same problems. And everybody in this room, even with some of that I said, you could at least one thing you battle with. Or there's one time, maybe a week, you think about that. Or one time a day, the enemy tries to come and tell you, well, you can't do that. Or, oh, my God, I wonder how long that's going to last. Or you should have been here by now. And you're still over here. Well, I thought, you know, you said in so many years, you said, you know, you felt like God was going to have you here, but you're still over here. But stop and take a look back. You're not where you were. Amen. We're not where we were. So we have made progress. Sure, all of us could sit here and say, but you know, if I had done this different, if I probably had done this better, if I would have listened to God or I probably would have done that or so, oh sure, we could all say that. But guess what? You are where you are now. Let's quit dwelling on where we could have been and let's start going there. Let's get up and go. Let's move. Because God so loved you. Because let me tell you, you're wasting time when we keep living in a life of regrets. And we don't see ourselves in what God is saying. But let me tell you, all of us have struggled. The Bible is full of people that struggled. You're going to struggle till Jesus comes. But God's saying, I'm trying to get this thing in you that if you'll find out how much I love, when those struggles come and when those thoughts come, if we've got it down in here like never before, but God loves me so I can overcome this. Sure, I may be feeling that, but God loves me so I can overcome that. I don't see myself like that no more. I see myself in the Word of God. But let me introduce you to somebody. There's someone I'd like you to meet. His name is Gideon. And if there was ever someone who constantly sold himself short, was Gideon. When God came to him with a command, nothing less than to deliver the nation of Israel from its oppressors, Gideon's reaction was, who, me? Surely God had the wrong person. You've got to have the wrong person. Gideon was the least important person in his family, and his clan was the weakest in his tribe. In short, Gideon was a nobody. And every single one of us could probably sit here and even say today, maybe sometimes you feel like a nobody. Sometimes you feel like a nobody in your life. Sometimes maybe you feel like a nobody in your job, in your family. Sometimes you just get where, you know, the enemy's just put on you, and you're somehow, I just feel like a nobody in life sometimes. Am I really making a difference? Well, you have company. He felt that same way. There were plenty that were stronger, braver, better looking people that God could have chosen. So why would he choose the lowly of lows and choose Gideon? So that God could get the glory. That God could get the glory. 
Not even God's, though, continual reassurance to Gideon that he was the right person for the job was enough to convince Gideon. He asked for all sorts of signs and miracles. Prove me. Prove that God meant. Prove to me that what you, what you uh, have called me to do is what you really meant. Let's learn something from this. Let's quit wasting our time and quit wasting uh, God's time and let's just believe. Okay? Because only after repeated miracles did Gideon accept God's chosen role for him. And he went on to become one of Israel's greatest leaders. Why? Because God so loved him, he never gave up. But just think he probably could have got it done just a little bit quicker if he would have quit, quit doubting God. Let's just go ahead and just believe it. When God has said something to you, just do it. Quit making excuses. Well, I can and I'm not and oh my God, and I've heard them get up and teach or I've heard them speak and oh my God, you, you know, I don't smile enough. I just can't seem to, you know, be happy enough or how am I going to greet and, you know, and how can I go over and say to somebody, oh God, you know, who, what's your name? I'm so shy. Start seeing what, how God sees you as his child, as his called one. That he has a destiny for you. Quit saying what you see and feel and say what God has to say about you. <clears throat> so what about you? Do you really believe that God loves you? Do you really believe that no matter what, he can use you right now where you are? No matter what you think and what others think? Do you really believe that down in there? Or do you just cringe a little bit every once in a while when God tells you something new or he asks to stretch you a little bit or says let's do this or let's give this or let's sow this seed or I need you to pray more or I need you to make the phone call and tell that person you missed them or I need you to walk over on the other side of the church and sit in a different place for a change next to somebody that you've seen nobody's ever been here. Get out of your comfortable zone. Do you really believe that God loves you and that he'll be with us and he'll put his super on our natural and give us the strength? Amen. Do you really believe that God loves you, that he can use you no matter what others think, what you think? No matter what your age or your social uh, position or your finances or where you've come from, what your background is, or even maybe if you feel like, well, right now, God, I feel like, you know, I've gone through some stuff. I feel like I've gone backwards, so I don't know if you could really use me, and I don't want to go over and introduce myself to somebody because I feel so lowly. No, God loves you, and he loves me right where we are right now. God has a purpose for our lives. Quit wasting time. And don't waste their time because maybe you were the one that was supposed to go over there and say, hey, I just wanted to say I'm so glad you're here. Did we get your information because we want to pray for you? Maybe you were the one. And everybody's saying, well, you know, I was going to go over, but then I got distracted. And God was speaking to you the whole time, but you were too afraid. And then they walked out, never got spoken to, never got the information, never got touched. And the whole time God was using you. It's just like, you know, and, and I feel like I hear the, a lot of times uh, the word of wisdom and the word of knowledge, the word of healing will go out of this house. And people will sit right there and it'll say, come up here or raise your hand. You know, if it was you, your eye, your knee, your, you know, your back, your whatever it was or whatever. But a lot of times we just sit there. We don't even, even lift our hand. And then we wonder why we still walk out the same. Because, we're, you know, it's like, well, is that me? Well, I don't want anybody to know. You know? Well, are you hurting? 
are you, are you where you really want to be? Look, I've done it too. I'm not just talking to you, I'm talking to me. Or sometimes you think, well, it's probably somebody else. So, you know, I, I don't want to go up there and take their thing. Well, God's got plenty. Okay. If he's giving a word out, a lot of times it ain't just, sometimes it's a whole bunch of people. And everybody's thinking, well, if I go up and maybe they won't get it. God's well able to send forth this healing to everybody that needs it. And if there's 20 different things, God's well able to do it. But sometimes he's saying, make a move. Twiddle your finger. Do something. But don't just sit there. God has a purpose for you and for I. And his main purpose is that we're destined to win. And because if we win, then they win. Our family and everybody that's designed and is supposed to be ordained to come across our path, they win too. See, so you can't afford to quit. You can't afford to keep saying, no, I'll do it tomorrow. I'll help tomorrow. I'll do this tomorrow. I'll call them tomorrow. I'll pray tomorrow. No, you better do it today because we don't know what tomorrow holds. But when you win, they win. The Bible says that you're fearfully and wonderfully made. Special. Specially created by a loving father. To be a unique person. With your own strengths and your own abilities. Quit comparing yourself to everybody else. God made you to be you. You can't be nobody else and nobody else can be you. He created us all special. Different colors, different looks. What a beautiful ride. Just think if we all looked the same. Dear God, what a boring world. If we all acted the same, wouldn't your household be boring? I tell pastor all the time, thank God he gave me to you because he, now you've got an exciting life. Your life would have just been dull without me. So think about all the colors and the flavors and the personalities that God made. Quit trying to be like them. God made you to be you. He fearfully and wonderfully made us specially. He created us each unique in our own strengths, in our own abilities. God who knew you before you left your mother's womb has a special purpose in mind for you. And for you. See, I can't do your part and you can't do mine. That's why you got to step up. Because things are not getting done. People's lives are not being touched if we don't all step up to the plate. Step up and take your place. It's all right, you might fall down. He'll pick you back up. He can wipe you off. You might have a few bruises, but they'll heal. It'll be all right. Because he so loves you. Psalms 139, 13 and 14. For you formed my innermost parts. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I will give thanks and praise to you. For I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. And my soul knows it very well. Do you know it? Do you know how much God loves you? Do you know how special that you are to him? Get it in there. 
Get it in there. Then no matter what comes, no matter what the enemy says, no matter what life tries to throw at you, no devil in hell can steal that from you. God loves you. He made you special and unique for you. He called you for such a time as this. Stop selling yourself short like Gideon did. Quit wasting time and making up excuses and saying, well, God, okay, if this is really you, then tell, show me this tomorrow will happen. Or when I go into the church, so-and-so will come up, they'll touch me on my shoulder, and I'll know it, that you want me to greet. <laughs> Just get out there and greet the people. Usher the people. Work in the children's ministry. You might go in there shaking and scared at first, but God is with you. He will help you. So stop selling yourself short and quit asking God, throwing fleece out all the time. Well, God, well, God, just do it. And if it's not the right thing, guess what? You'll find out and everybody else will know, but then guess what? Then something else will open, you'll just slide right over into that. But it's all right. But get up and do something. I don't know about you, but I'd rather God say, well, man, you sure did make a whole lot of, you were this, then you were that, then you did this, but at least you were doing something. Don't be a do-nothinger. That's my word for tonight. When God calls upon us to face a challenge, to face something different, he's with us. He's not asking to do, ask us to do that to embarrass us. He's asking us to do it because he wants to bless us. He wants to take us into a better thing, a new thing. He wants to bring more people into our lives, but he can't. If you're just staying in your little bubble, get out of your bubble. Because you're only affecting you, okay? It's not just about you. It's about the world. But when he asks us to do something, he says, I'm with you. He says, we can handle this. We can do it. He knows that there's fears that come and doubts that come. But God said, trust me, and we can do this. His help is always available. It's right there. But we got to start seeing ourselves the way we, he sees us. See, and then even if it is a new thing or a challenging thing, or we're not really sure, but if you'll step out and do it, you'll know. And if not, that'll be made clear too. But ain't nobody lost. Okay? It'll be all right. But do something because what happens in that process is what's happening. One, we're being obedient. And what did it talk about? Obedience. Obedience brings us into the blessing. But see, if God asks you to do a little thing, if you can't even clean the windows or scrub the toilet, then how's he going to give you people for your life? Don't you believe that your heavenly father knows best? Let's trust him. That he is all of my hopes. He's the spring in my step. He's my joy and my peace and my healing, my deliverance, my hope and my wholeness, my friend. He's my everything. Why? Because he so loved me. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. We hope you've enjoyed it and pray that you are blessed by God's word. For more information about Passion Church, visit www.mypassion.church.